0: I went from my redshirt freshman year feeling like I should play, but I wasn't quite ready to just work and do whatever I could in the summertime going to the weight room, taking everything serious, and then it all finally paying off. I just, I just know it's more, I'll stop with more than I can do, so I'm just keep going, see how far I can take it. Host game press conferences. There are several things that, that happened even before the season started that, you know, you know they could have just, our kids could have just folded the tent. You know, it shows character. Game previews, recaps, brought to you by me, your host, JJ. You're listening to The Cho Show only on the SwabReport.com. Good morning, afternoon, evening, night, whatever time it might be. Think between for another episode of the Show Podcast, JonathanCourt.com. I'm your host, Jonathan Goodall, aka JD Smooth. And Saturday was tough. It was tough on many fronts because they say football is a game of interest that truly was the outcome of. That, that, that wasn't, I wouldn't say it was the outcome but definitely was a factor here and some missed opportunities that could have resulted in a positive outcome for the UCL Broncos as they fell to Missouri Western by 7 we We'll get more into that very tough loss, as in by tough I mean a $2 stake. tough a, a, a you studied all night for a test and to come up one point short of your goal tough and speaking of tough the UCL soccer team uh, is in the midst of a tough three-game skid. Uh, they moved to 8-4-2 on the season after losing to Emporia on Friday 1-0 and Wasmore earlier today 3-2. Uh, they do have two opportunities at home uh, on Tom Thompson Field to, to to rebound here. They host Northwest Missouri on Friday and Missouri Western on Sunday. Volleyball, however, is in the midst of a, of a winning streak here. As they improve to 15-6 on the season after a 3-0 win over Newman on Tuesday and a 3-0 win over Missouri Western on Friday. They have a busy week traveling to Pitch State on Tuesday and hosting Kearney on Friday and Fort Hayes State on Saturday. So please come out and support the volleyball team. Men's basketball took one step closer to opening tip hosting their bronze and blue scrimmage earlier today and wrestling who began november the first i believe is hosting their bronze and blue event this coming sunday at 2 p.m at hamilton field house cross country is competing in the MIAA line championship in Joplin, missouri on saturday uh they is starting at 10 10 a.m so a very early start there and then following tennis here doubles team uh, Paola Landon and Nikki Boyar. Uh, their season ended in the national quarterfinals. They finished 10 and 4. So I want to give them a huge congratulations shout out on behalf of the Cho Show podcast on a very hard fought and oh, successful season. And other football news former UCO standout receiver Josh Crockett. As you recall, a couple of years ago, team with JT Looper to have one of the better receiving duos in Division II football. Uh, spent a season on a pep squad with the Kansas City Chiefs and most recently was in the CFL with the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Where he was drafted earlier this earlier this past week by the Dallas Renegades of the XFL, uh, reuniting with his former wide receivers, Coach Darrell Jackson, and will be coached by a former OU coach Bob Stoops and his quarterback will be former OU standout Landry Jones. So, huge opportunity for Josh Crockett here to really make a name for himself in the XFL. Hopefully, get some more scouts on his radar. And on the topic of scouts here, before we get into this recap, there was a scout in attendance. Okay, at, at Wallace Stadium. Uh, from from the CFL is from the Saskatchewan Rough riders who won a great cup back in 2012 or 2014 one of the two uh he would not tell me who he was there scouting but he definitely was there and there were a couple of Broncos that I think it wasn't if was not on his radar probably were after the game but again another tough loss for UCL they they did. Build off of off of off of last week, um, and again, just the the put the, the big plays. I have to say this is by far the best offensive game I think of the season. I, there was some there was some excellent play calling. by Christian Hood, I want to give him a huge credit there. Tremendous play calling by offensive coordinator Christian Hood. Uh, it, it was it was tough. It's tough on many fronts because. There were some big plays missed, uh, and, and there were just it, it was there were opportunities that had to be seized, especially in a game where you had two evenly matched teams, literally going back and forth. I, this was probably the best game of the whole season. Uh, you, you you could argue that the pitch day comeback was but i think just in terms of back and forth this had to be the best one of the season and this one really really hurt uh before we get into the recap you must go down as it seems to be this season the injury list you know some years injuries are more important than others i think the past couple of seasons ucl have really been lucky on the injury front not suffering too many key injuries uh, this season, though, there seems to be almost every week just a laundry list of people out. That is the case this week, too. Uh, in no particular order, uh, Isaiah Jackson, we saw back. He was out. Adrian Cross, the corner, was out. Peyton Scott was out. Marlon Hughes is still out. Mikael Hall was added to this list. He looked out with a hip injury. And, of course, Keats Calhoun, who suffered... Who suffered what I learned was a spring mcl last week and also out. So I wanted with Keats a speedy recovery there. I know this has to be tough on the man. Uh, this is having has been his third and in leg laden injury here. I just really hope and wish Keats the best moving forward. Now we did have some Broncos back. Most notably, TJ Roberts was back. Byron Burns was also back. And then uh, back after missing. The past two games, because of an ankle injury, was Dustin Bonskis. And that's what we'll find out here Dustin Bonskis returned with a vengeance. And I mean that in every sense of the word. And then we had some some new starters. Uh, Dawson Huddleston, the the retrofessional receiver out of Marlowe, started. Uh, Darius Winston and Chris Lewis were the starting corners. And Chandler Garrett. Got to start over a healthy Will Collins in his first start since 48th state of last season. Now Chandler Garrett, if you watch that game or even if you just happened to look at the box score, Chandler Garrett did everything he could in his power to really will UCO to a win. And that started legitimately from the very first offensive snap. And he took the first play 59 yards on a designed quarterback run. It was set up a touchdown pass to a Monte Preach Phillips who is building off his 10 Cats 135 one touchdown day against Hill Missouri. So UCO would strike first again for the second straight week. However, in the back and forth nature of this game, as I was describing to you early on, Missouri Western would also respond with a touchdown pass of their own to tie it up at 7-7. Uh, in, that, in that opening drive, and really in the first half overall, the one defense that I said was much improved throughout the first three quarters of the game against Central Missouri, it took a step back, now that would get corrected in, this, in the second half. And I want to give Russ Pickett there uh, uh, some credit for making the adjustments to really try to stifle that run game in the second half. But the first half, uh, the running game was a key part of what the Griffins were were doing. Uh, Then, UCO would, however, though, themselves, would respond on a one-yard Chandler Garrett touchdown run set up by a Uh, by a wide receiver pass, this is, this has been the least the past two weeks, a staple of the UCL offense here. If you recall last week, we had a halfback pass from Seymour Daniels, and then we had a wide receiver pass from Johnny Mazel, the third. This week, it was Preach. Now, again, I'm Preach can do it all at this point, because you know he can catch. We know he can run. Apparently he can also throw because he threw a beautiful I mean beautiful pass. Now it didn't hang up hang up in the air the much more than the a northwest wind 10 miles an hour to get hung up there in 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 the air. But Dawson Huddleston, who had a really nice game himself, I have to say I've been really pleased with, with, with what I have seen from Dawson Huddleston uh, this season. Uh, To get them down to two-yard line was Chandler Garrett, but then run it in. Uh, Chris Lewis. Chris Lewis would would get injured. He injured his shoulder. He did not return in the first half. He returned in the second half. But, uh, to my surprise, I I thought we'd be seeing Kobe Underwood, but instead we saw true freshman uh, uh, T. Roberts out of Ardmore. Now, you recall way back on Sunday's special, I mentioned that Tavo Roberts from Ardmore. Uh, th- I mean, he won a state championship as an option quarterback, also a defensive back. UCL signed him as a defensive back, and he played. See, he played against against Lincoln in the in that blowout as a lot of freshmen did, but he was the one to come in there, and as we'll see here. Early in the second quarter, he had a big time deflection on third down. I mean made a really nice play on the ball. Uh which you, which you like, would you like to see from, from a from a young defensive he back here kind of throwing to the fire. He, he, he didn't pass in a it time. Uh but in any case it did force a stop. Now uh again this will be one again one of the couple of big plays. And it was hit that resulted in a win. There was a drop touchdown pass to TJ Roberts. Again, another excellent play. I have to give, I keep saying this, I have to give credit here to Christian Ford. This has by far been the best offensive game from both, I would say, execution and a play calling standpoint here. They, they, they They set up this beautifully because there were a lot of design quarterback runs. As you would expect with Chandler Gary in there, there was a lot of design quarterback runs. They had banned, I believe, at least a, ha- a handful of draws by this time. And they set it up beautifully where it was one of those patented Tim Tebow jump passes, except for Chandler Gary didn't jump. But he faked the draw, he stopped, he threw it. TJ Roberts is wide open. I don't know if TJ Roberts slowed down. Okay, well, the ball was just too far in front, but he could not secure the ball. He tried to capture the ball with it a couple of times, and unfortunately, it fell to the ground. That would result in a season-long trigger field goal by Alex Corvado to make it 17-14. Now, fortunately here, Missouri Western would then respond with a touchdown to take a 21-17 to lead. That would then... Kickstart a 21-0 one here before half, and I saw them up 35-17 to uh, late in the second quarter. Man, I will say you have to give Chairman Gary here some credit because with very little, little time and hope left, he hit Dustin Barnes on a 44-yard pass near the sideline with one second left to set up a 51-yard field goal. Uh, that was indeed blocked. Now, I will say, uh, head coach Nick but did try to call a timeout. Unfortunately for Coach, he was down, I don't know if i say he was on the opposite end, but by the time he had got to the, to the nearest referee to call the timeout, it was too late. The ball was snapped. It was blocked by use. I mean Missouri Western. I think, um, maybe it was a back. Sam Webb returning to the 29-yard line. Um, And and that's how That's how that ended Now also Another freshman who got some major Playing time starting in the second quarter Was Isaiah Major The cousin of OB running back Marcus Major From from Millwood and linebacker Isaiah Major when we get into the stats Here uh, Did a really good job Did did a really good job I, I have to say if you're a fan of UCO You have to be pleased by the play of the of the young linebackers that we that we have seen this season, uh, you had Christian Malloy, from M. Memorial, then you had Marlo Hughes Jr. from from from, from Enid, who was, who was who was doing really well before the injury. You had Jason Harris, a redshirt red freshman from from Booker T, and now you have Isaiah Jackson, a true freshman from Millwood. The linebacker core. It's looking solid because you have to you know because you are you are losing uh byron burns you are also losing dylan hall and i also believe you're losing jeremiah hill this year so it's good to see three young linebackers ready to step into that problem a more prominent role next year i mean you had Marlo hughes was starting uh he had that, that 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 pick six against uh lincoln there and then was off to another good start but, but before he was injured jason harris has also started to, uh, have also started some games as has christian Malloy. so again you have to be pleased by the linebacker core uh now you must notice here uh that there were also a couple of missed field goals. There were two missed field goals. There were two missed field goals in the in the second quarter. The one was blocked. And then we had a 44 yarder that went off the uprights. Now, however, Chandler Garrett, not kind of the sack yarders, did run for over 100 yards in the first half. Now, again, we had mentioned the struggles of the, off- the of the offensive line uh, coming into the second half there was a line change. But prior to that point, now here, wearing the ball, I would say, was probably the best I had seen against a legitimate team all season. Uh, The path walking was still suspect. Uh, They had a couple of defensive ends. Uh, Let me get the roster here. I can tell you who those defensive ends were. The the, uh, defensive end Cameron Ravenel 6'5, two, uh, 200, and, and 200 and 30 pound freshman and then the nose guard Marquise Caldwell 6'2, two, 240 really was doing some damage on the pass rush for Missouri Western uh, and most notably it came on the side of, of uh, 60 year senior Jacob Blair now Jack, Jack, Jacob Blair as we know uh, was a, a converted tight end uh, he got a six year last year prior to senior night, and he's kind of had I wanna say a rough season but out of the two tackles he he, he definitely has been the one to giving up the most pressure now there was a change as I mentioned before coming out of the half true freshman Lane Grantham who, who 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 plays a lot at guard especially on that uh wildcat short yardage package where they put tyler stillwell in the backfield uh he comes in there and does a pretty good job well he got to start a tackle in the second half and let me let me tell you here the path protection in the second half was bad oh this is the best protection i have seen all season Chandler gary literally could have taken a nap okay because he had that much time back there most the second half, so I, I do want to give them credit off of the line. They have been beaten up here the past couple of weeks with some core performances. They really rebounded well in this game, especially in the second half. Now, as I mentioned before, in the first half, the run defense was suspect, and that was the case as running back Shamar Griffith was averaging 11.6 yards per carry in the half. And even though missouri western only completed six passes three of them were for touchdowns i mentioned before here had an 18 point game uh going into the locker room now coming out of said locker room okay uh nobody would score (laughs) no no nobody nobody would score no (laughs) it was one of those quarters where it was back and forth but no points were were scored. As a matter of fact, the the only points attempted was a 42-yard field goal by UCO that was missed. So it was a tough outing for Alex Vado here again. So that's nine points right there that were lost just off of missed field goals. Then when you take into account the drop touchdown by TJ Roberts, that is 16 points. So even if Missouri Western still goes on, to do what they did and score fifty points, UCLA would still have came out with a fifty-nine or fifty win. So again, just missed opportunities there that cost them in a close win. But also in the third quarter, Chandler Garrett became the first hundred-yard rusher on the season. Now I, I stand corrected here because I saw T.J. Roberts had ninety at a hundred versus Lincoln. He only had ninety-eight. I want to thank Chris Merrick there. For, for correcting me on that statistic. Uh, also in the third quarter, UCO Knox their second sack of the season, man Jakari Hunt, uh had a forced fumble on the sack. Uh, they were not were not able to recover the the fumble, but they still fought, forced forced the punch. So Jakari another guy had a a really strong second half. Uh, he he kinda he kinda had a slow start, a really strong second half uh, to call another guy playing pretty good football right now. So we move moving to the fourth. And this is when the scoring picked up because there was a combined 41-point score in that fourth quarter. I might add, it was a, it was a tremendous fourth quarter. Uh, Dustin Baskins got the, got the scoring started on a 10-yard touchdown pass. A two-point conversion was no good. Again, another call deep in the bag of tricks of Christian Hood. We call a reverse, a wide receiver reverse pass. Now, Missouri Western finished it perfectly. Uh, Preach could not throw it, and there was no room for Preach to really run on that. So, he had to pretty much just, just eat it. So, at that point, 35-23, Missouri Western would finally score for the first time since the second quarter on an 11-yard touchdown pass, making it 42 42- to 23 then dustin boskis yet again dustin boskis yet again 39 yard touchdown they cut the deficit to 13 again after a two-point conversion was no good on a Chandler garrett pass so they were coming 42 29 with 755 left I'm trying to in my notes okay then on the ensuing kickoff all-american safety o'shea harris would make arguably one of the biggest players of the game. We're still not sure who forced the fumble, but he did recover the fumble on the kickoff return, ran it back to the, to the 11-yard line. Uh, Chandler Garrett would then score a touchdown on a one-yard run uh, with six 6-33 to go in the game to cut it into a six-point game at that point, 42-36. So we're thinking we having a chance here then. Were well, arguably the straw that broke the camel's back, and it just a tremendous play call by Missouri Western here. Uh, I know there are some OU fans who and If you recall, how deadly one Joe Mixon was on the real route. Shamar Griffiths did his best Joe Mixon impression on third down. I mean, we, we had the momentum. We think we get the stop here. The offense spots uh, have a chance to take the lead. Unfortunately, on the third down, they put Shamar Griffith, who was the leading returner in all division two football, on a linebacker on a wheel route, and it, as you can imagine, did not end well for before anybody associated with UCO at that point, as he took it 70 yards for a touchdown, uh, 50 to 36 at that point, uh, with with five minutes left. Now, UCL would still keep fighting because, as always, UCL does keep fighting. Dustin Boskis, again, capping off his tremendous return and when the game. When you, when you hear the stats, when I said earlier, return with a vengeance, uh, the stats will definitely back up that claim. Beautiful touchdown pass. and uh, Now, let me tell you, this was a pass interference call. It was not a pass interference call. But Dustin Boskis at 5'8", between two defenders. I don't know how he made this catch shades of vintage JP JT Looper here. Brought down the t- t- town. Uh making it 50 to 43 with 241 left. However, we would not recover an onside kick. And then 230 pound Illinois. Stripper. Markel Smith was able to uh use his big frame and run out the rest of the clock. So unfortunately, UCL fell 50 to 43. Uh, so as you can see, it was definitely tough. It was tough. UCO uh, improved a lot. This in the second half there, and they really made it a game. Looking at the final statistics here, for UCO, 24 first downs, 195 rushing yards, 5.1 yards carry, with two touchdowns, 336 passing yards, four touchdowns, 531 yards of offense on 71 plays. I and mean, they did have 11 points for 103 yards. which just cannot happen. Uh, that 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 can't that can't happen. Um, really uncharacteristic there at that point. Um, UCO was also eight of 14 on third down, five of five in the red zone with four or five being touchdowns. Uh, and then, as I said before, they hit two field goals. Um, and four four, I mean, one of four on field, yeah, one of four on field goals, four four on PAT. They also had seven points of turnover from the Missouri State, 23 first downs, 215 rushing yards, and five yards carry, 252 passing yards, five touchdowns, 467 yards offense, uh, 68 plays. Uh, they also had. Uh, 88 penalties for 71 yards, 7-14 um, on third down, 5-6 in the red zone, uh, and then they had two sacks on the day and also had seven point turnovers because I forgot to mention Dustin Boskis muffed a punch, uh early on that set up a touchdown in that fourth quarter. That was his lone mistake in the game, unfortunately. Resulted in the score. Now looking at the individual stats from UCO Chandler Garrett again. Chandler Garrett just did everything he could in this this game. Uh, Finished 16-32, 200, 200, 299 yards passing, four touchdowns, then on the ground, 22 attempts, 155 yards, two touchdowns, a seven-yard carry. Uh, Peter Roberts had 16 attempts for 40 yards and two and a half yards carry so again it, Missouri, Missouri Weston did a good job on stopping TJ Robert running the ball which is, is tough because TJ Roberts is a very talented running back but could not stop Ken Garrett from running the ball and receiving wise Dustin Bosch the stat line agreed. last week it was Pete Phillips doing some preaching on Central Missouri he must have ceded to his deacon, Dustin boxes Dustin boxes this week. 10 catches, 24 yards, two touchdowns, uh pre-three catches, 53 yards, one touchdown. And then Dawson Huddleston, again. Just, just made just made some not in this game. Four catches, 79 yards. And then defensively here, um, leading tackler, O'Shea Harris. So to me, Dustin Boxers, O'Shea Harris, front of the CFL scout from Saskatchewan, really had a good outing. O'Shea, 12 tackles, one TFL, and one fumble, fumble return. Then you had Jacari, nine tackles, that that were well, that one sack and forced fumble. So, and then Isaiah Major again. Isaiah Major, a guy that came in, I believe in that in that second quarter. Was a third in tackle. They had five tackles, so uh, and one pass breakup. So uh, again, I was I was definitely proud of the freshman that played in that in that game. Now for Terrell Roberts, yeah, he, he, he gave up a player two. He also made a player two. I think you can live with that, especially for a true freshman coming in with really limited snaps prior to that. So. Uh, you know it, it is tough. you shall now falls to two and five. I have been told that this eliminates them from a bowl possibility. So if that is in case indeed true, then the um, streak of bowls will come to an end. And that being said, here, okay, they can they can still finish with a winning record at six and five again. If, if for UCO here, you just want to end on a high number. You can end with four straight wins, which I think they can, uh, and, and you still finish with a winning record. That's still a winning record, uh, even though it's shorter expectations, you still can by speaking, has a successful season, at least in terms of, a fi- of an over 500 record. Now, that being said, in order to do that, they must... Start on the road Saturday, 1 p.m. kickoff me, against Washburn. Now Wasburn, three and four on the season. Much like much like UCO here, it seems Washburn and Emporia, uh, both teams like UCO uh, that um, had successful years last season, thought would be tough this year, and, and for whatever reasons, have kind of stumbled so far. Uh, the Wasper, of a Waspurn 3 4 on the season coming off a 49 19 win over Missouri Southern. I'm not gonna say it this week because I'm not gonna say it this week. Missouri Southern again is an improved ball club because they had a night, it was only a nine point game 28 to to, to 19 before Waspurn outscored them in the fourth, 21 to nothing, which again is getting more creeps to believe Missouri Southern. While they might have much improved frontline talents, that necessary depth is not there, and therefore they get run down late in games, which then results in the lopsided scores that you see. So entering the game, while well, the Ichabod are averaging 38.7 points per game, 188.4 yards per game on the ground, with 17 touchdowns. Uh, 240 point nine yards per game passing with 18 touchdowns to 13 interceptions. So while they come in averaging 429.3 yards per game, the interceptions there. Interceptions are are uh are high. That that, that that's really high I like the thing here. Uh I know Isaiah Major almost had an interception. Like to think here, this could be a game we can hopefully, especially especially if the pass rush is there, like it was in the second half. Hopefully get get a couple. I know there are some some defensive backs probably uh, lacking their chops right now for you. So here, hoping to get some get some interceptions. They're forty five percent on third down, forty eight percent on fourth down. They have been sacked fourteen times now the key, the key here two of six on field goals Uh this is uh this this is this is big this is really big because as we saw just last week what happens here in a close contest where you know it, field goal matters so if they're two of six and when we when we talk a little bit more about their kicker you will see his range is pretty limited like at least with alice covedo one of, one of them was indeed blind so i can't fault him on that now the, now the other two one he hit off the right uprights so it looked like he hooked it a tad bit too far to the right but he definitely had it long enough so i feel like you Gotta be comfortable with him at least hitting. I would say between 40, 45 yards. Uh, they are also 78% in the red zone. 72% are touchdowns. Uh, 97% on PATs and on 0-1-2 on onside. When we look at their quarter by quarter scoring, they're outscoring the pools in the first quarter, 63 to 56, then getting outscored in the second and the third 83 to 85 and 45 to 55 and then outscoring opponents in the fourth 80 to 40 and being outscored in the or in overtime and three to nothing now what jumps out to me here is the first three quarters uh it, are it is it is you add them all together and a negative point differential in favor of the opponents this, especially given UCLA's quick starts here, we can jump on them early. Okay, now we, 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 we can jump on them early and get some stops, and not just have a a back and forth contest again. And the way the offense played here, what I saw, if they can build off of that, I'm liking the odds because uh it clearly, if if we can have a decent lead heading into that fourth. Now it seems to me that Walshman does the best in the fourth Now UCO. We know comeback Kings themselves in fourth. So again, I'm, I think here, just based on the scoring breakdown, you, you, you would like to think that we could do some damage in the first three quarters here. Um, But in order to do that, in order to do that we're going to need a solid defensive effort from 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 the jump and that's going to be uh the priority number one should be providing a pass for us to forcing quarterback junior mitch true shurik or shurik six 220 pounds on the season 1226 yards 12 touchdowns to nine interceptions so again Nine interceptions. So he's turnover prone right now. As a matter of fact, if we're looking last week, he was 27-39 for 269 yards, three touchdowns, and three interceptions. Okay, so if Missouri Southern can pick them off three times, again, I, I truly believe, much like. UCO did against Central Missouri in that, in that first quarter. If we can provide a pass for us, we're going to believe an interior pass for us, and we get Mitch on the run here, we're, go- we're going to force some inaccurate passes, and a secondary, I know for a fact, can take advantage of said inaccurate passes. So uh, to me, that, that that is definitely an area uh what were you still sure can definitely, especially the pass rush is there, I feel like you can definitely have some opportunities to make some big time plays in the end. secondary. Now, his top three, three targets, again, stat-wise, not going to necessarily blow you or blow you away much like Missouri Western was. Now, these are solid, solid, solid guys, but again, nothing, no, no, just mind-blowing stats. Uh, the leading receiver is sophomore James Letcher Jr., 5'8", 165 on the season. Has 36 catches for 439 yards, 5 touchdowns, and 12.2 yards per catch. He had 6 catches for 39 yards and 1 touchdown last week. Uh, then we have sophomore Colin Wilson, the biggest receiver out of the trio, 6'2", 195 on the season. had has 25 catches for 319 yards and five touchdowns, 12.8 yards per catch. He had three catches last week for 29 yards. And then rounding out the trio, you have senior Austin Hubert, six foot 215, 13 catches, 168 yards, three touchdowns at 12.9 yards per catch. Had three catches of 42 yards last week. So again, not massive numbers. Not Colin Wilson here. With five touchdowns and James, like the junior, junior with the five touchdowns, kind of eerily similar in size to what UCO has in Dustin Boskins and Preach Phillips. So, kind of some similarities there. So I'm interested to really see uh, which of the duos really out out outshine each other. I like to give UCO the edge here just based on what we've seen. Um, from both preach and baskets here the past couple of couple of weeks. Now when Wasperin does does go to the go to the ground with their averaging 188.4 yards per game with 17 touchdowns, probably their their offensive strength here because they use three running backs. Now you don't you don't see a lot of a lot of teams that aren't option teams really, really using three running backs. Regularly, a, a lot of them have two. Um, some teams just have one main main bell cow, but they have three, including two freshmen. Now, they're, they're leading rushers, actually freshmen. Uh, Talon Peters, 5'10", f- uh, 200 pounds, has 337 yards and four touchdowns on seventy-five carries this season. And four and a half yards per carry at 29 yards on eight carries last week. Then you have junior Zach Willis, 5'8", 210 pounds, has 325 yards and four touchdowns on 49 carries at 6.6 yards per carry. I uh, Was leading rush for last week, 11 carries for, 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 for 91 yards and two touchdowns at 8.3 yards per carry. So uh, Zach Willis here, the, the it seems to be more your compact, compact guy and then the third running back here another freshman before there were two Percy Mitchell 511 215 so all running backs here over 200 pounds So uh, I expect a lot of in-between tackles running here. So again, I, I would like the defensive front to do what they did in the second half against Missouri Western and, and really really try to limit that run game and force waspurned to throw the ball. Uh, He has 27 carries for 191 yards and five touchdowns. Uh, He had 12 yards on five carries last week. And then the kicker that we mentioned earlier, two or six on field goals. Cameron Lake is two or six on field goals with the only two coming inside of 29 yards where he is two or three. He is a combined o of three from anything longer than 29 yards. Uh, I'm liking those odds here. I'm I'm really liking those odds. If, you, if you're telling me that he can't, that he has yet to hit a kick even at 30 yards. uh that is that is really good because if you're UCLA here, that's telling me if you can if you can legitimately here. Keep them from 25. You're going to be forcing them to possibly start going for it, or or you're, or you're definitely gonna gonna going to have some odds here on the main either miss with the field goal, or you could possibly get a block field goal. And I know Wasmer has not allowed of block yet this season, but I, I'm i be curious to see what Wasper does if it's say like a third and seven at the UCO 35. Well, the man has yet to hit a kick outside of, 20, outside of 29 yards. That's kind of a steep yardage to go forward. So I'm, I'm curious to see what they would do. So if you're UCLA here defensively right now, I'm thinking if you can stop the run, make the one-dimensional with a quarterback who's already thrown nine interceptions, and seven games through three last loops against a 1-1 team. Here, I, I'm lacking the odds. Here, I'm lacking the odds because O'Shea, Kikari, um, if 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 Kobe Underwood plays, Chris Lewis, there is Winston. I, I'm that Daniel, they Daniel I'm confident those guys in the secondary could make some plays on some passes, especially again, in the pass rush is there and we're forcing him out of the pocket or we're just forcing bad passes here have a chance i, I think that would have to be one of the biggest knocks on defense against Jerry jay western was the quarterback had a lot of time back there on a lot of plays and it resulted in five touchdowns now as, as good as people like O'Shea is you still can't expect them to, to, to cover for you know 10 12 oh. seconds I'm you're, you're gonna need your passports there force the ball out of his hands so i really think honestly that is the key to, that is the key to getting stops here because they, they're clearly favoring the run they're favoring the run they have three backs all the 200 pounds so I, i'm curious to see what the defense is going to do they can carry the adjustments that was made in the second half carry it into the into the, the Wasps game now i'm really liking the defense's odds here to getting more stops than we did on saturday now turning to the ichabod's defense they are allowing 34.1 points per game 100 178.4 yards on the ground with 18 touchdowns 244.4 yards per game passing 14 touchdowns assist interceptions uh, 447.9 yards my game 42 percent on third down 40 percent on fourth I uh, have how have, have 13 sacks five nine on field goals one or two on on sides 81 percent in the red zone 68 percent touchdowns uh, and 90 percent point after touchdowns now the sixty-eight percent touchdown in the red zone is somewhat concerning because the game used to have to kick four field goals. We need more touchdowns. We need this has been a problem that the past couple of weeks, especially against Missouri, where you have, where you have to look at that and see that in the first quarter there were two field goals. There's a touchdown I'm talking about a different ball game. So I like to see even though you still put a 43 points. We still would like to see more touchdowns and field goal attempts for field goals, period. Uh, now, what does here also is 5-9 on field goals. Now, I'm not sure how many of them were blocked. Now, I'll turn back. I know they blocked one last week. I know they blocked one against Missouri Southern. So, that has to be somewhat of a concern for a bunch of teams, Coach Tyler Hall, especially after having one blocked. On uh, Saturday. Uh, but defensively, here they are led by defensive back Kevin Neal Jr., 6'1, 200 pounds, has 46 tackles, two TFLs, uh, two pass breakups, two pass deflections, one force fumble, and one fumble one from fumble, fumble recovery. And then uh, sophomore linebacker Grant Bruner, 6'2, 220 pounds, has 43 tackles, five TFLs. One breakup and one deflection. Uh, now they do have about three defensive linemen. Now, if we saw Missouri Western had a couple of defensive linemen that I mentioned earlier, really recently some havoc back. That they have they have three defensive linemen of, of their own that are capable here. You have sophomore Braden Rose, 6-1 255, 31 tackles. He leads the team with five and a half TFLs and Leeds and in sacks with two and a half and has four quarterback hurries. Then you have junior Nigel Burgess, 5'11", 220 pounds, has five tackles, but two of them are sacks and TFLs. And then finally you have freshman Isaac Keener, 6'1", 240 pounds, only four tackles, but again, two of them are sacks. So uh, I, I'm curious to see if Jacob Blair is starting uh, on Saturday, because again, it seemed like when Lane Grant from the freshman out of out of, out of Westmore came in there, the offensive line looked a whole lot better. Uh, again, there was more time passing the ball for Chandler Gear, and you could really tell in just the overall passes, because it's going to be the most downfield shots I've seen UCL take this season, and again, the time in the pocket was there for those the passes to actually develop and and and, and work so I'm, I'm curious to see uh what happens on that uh, on that front then in the secondary here um junior marquise manning six foot 195 leads with three interceptions and also with, in pass deflections with 12 and his tied in pass breakups with nine to go with one home recovery and 20 tacks. A senior, he went to back, Joss Wright, finally living the 190. That's, has 21 tackles, one interception. Also has nine breakups, 10 pass deflections, and one recovery And then finally, here, junior punter, Lane Spiker, averaging 41.8 yards per punt with the longest 60. Two touchbacks, four fair catches, five down inside of, inside of 20 and five or 50 or more. So again, it, it seems like the secondary here for Wasburn. Uh, made a lot of plays. they made a lot of plays. They're a leading tackler. Is a need Went back and they have two other defensive backs that have double-digit deflections uh, and are close to also double-digit pass breakups. So I, I'm definitely curious to see if you still had the same success passing the bond i'm also curious to see okay if, if how the quarterback run if it'll work as well as it did um against missouri western against widespread because if you look at the pre-game dead trouble conference was listed as the starters so i i Garrett Garrett starting kind of caught me off guard now if he starts next week which i hope he does because i mean again this is this was arguably his best game that he's played in a runaway uniform that's saying a lot because as we know last season he led that upset of number four ranked northwest missouri state in which he played an unbelievable game uh, then so I- I'm hoping here that we continue to ride the hot hand of Taylor Garrett right now because again just a monstrous effort. I mean the did everything he could. I, I would say that-, that really that really to me uh just just stuck out to me was just his was just the man's effort uh whether it was running or throwing it and then also Dustin Bosk is here uh, I, he is a senior now. Again, they kind of did this last year with some guys when they read the names off for a starting lineup prior to the to the game. They said he was a junior. So I think he. I think he's also one of these guys that may or may not be eligible to get a to get a sixth year. I'm hoping so because Dustin Poc is just an absolute. I'm talking about a guy here who's like five maybe a buck 60 $1.60, buck 65 but it's just an absolute beast some I mean, of the guy that came on the scene last year was really overshadowed due to the due to injuries and, and and then you know with guys like josh crockett and jt Looper and amelia curry but really has seized his opportunity to be the main guy and just, just really on the tear. So uh, I, I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward if he if he's healthy here continuing to put up a strong season if this is indeed his last in a Broncos you in the Broncos uniform. Now as we wrap it up here and check out the MI double X standings there were there were some surprise outcomes and some games this week. Now the only undefeated team left if you recall last week there was two there's now one that is the Central Missouri as someone know who had a dogfight on their hands as well with a narrow 34 to 27 win over two win emporia so I think much like Uco here Emporia I think is better than the record is going to show uh I I, I really do because emporia mother you show was a team I'm surprised. Is also sitting at two and five currently. Now, looking forward, that is the season ending game for UCL. I'm really looking forward to that because the past couple of matchups against Emporia State have been classic. I suspect nothing less because both teams would definitely want to end the season on a high note when that game happens in Emporia, Kansas. Uh, the second is still West Missouri State, but they are six and one because they lost to Nebraska Kearney. Okay, Kearney again I mentioned way back with two. I said is an improved ball club. They have a second year head coach. They were improved last year. Uh they are sitting now at five and two on the season. So Kearney right now uh, I feel like there's a team here that can definitely see themselves in a ball game. so uh, that is that is, a, that is a team that I don't, I don't necessarily overlooked. I don't think anybody thought Kearney at this point in time would be a five and two ball club. Uh, but in third place is Fort Hayes State at five and two they beat Pitt State. So uh, Fort Hayes again is a team that started off slow and 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 again i said mentioning when they played uco that yeah they won by four touchdowns they weren't impressive but they just did the job done and that is what they have been doing ever since that 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 slow start uh beating a very solid pitch state team now to where they are now in third place in the conference so Ford hayes with a heck of a turnaround here uh, then number four is Western Missouri at five and two. Fifth is Kearney, five and two. Sixth is Pitt State right now, so Pitt State fell all the way from third to sixth in two weeks. That's just, that just that tells you how tough this conference is. Uh, seven we have Wasburn at three and four. Eight UCO at two and five. Nine Emporia at two and five. Ten is Lincoln. Who got their first win of the season on homecoming, uh, beating Northeastern State 27 to nine? Their running back, uh, the, the Mr. Josea Franklin, if you recall, uh, when we when we did the preview, I said it was Lincoln's best uh, best player. Is the conference's leading rusher had, had over 200 yards in in the win. Uh, so Lincoln is now now on the board. And then at eleven, you have Missouri Southern at one and six, and then at twelve, you have the only winless team who will probably remain winless barring some kind of miracle upset. Here is Northeastern State at zero and seven. Who, who, who um, So, yeah, that's kind of states are going there. So again. It was tough, but I'm liking, again, what I saw, especially from the offense. We took a lot of steps forward. Uh, Hopefully, we can continue to build off of those positive steps forward. And I'm hoping that the the skid, the four-game skid, will come to an end against Wolfsburg. I, I really think, again, if the defense... If the defensive line, I don't know, if we have to send some pressure like like we did when we sent your on the on the, on the blitz. But if we can get pressure, I think we have a really good chance to win this game. Uh, and, and because again, I think you want Washburn to pass this ball again. Mitch, Mitch Schurig here, uh, twelve touchdowns, nine interceptions. Again, I just we can just force some rollout, force some bad passes here. We have a chance also the key here to stopping the run again doing what we did in the second half against Missouri Western as far as stopping the run really I think we'll honestly play a huge factor. We can stop the run, make the one-dimensional, make the pass the ball here. I like the chances. Then offensively here with the secondary being as active as it is for Wolfsburg and with three guys that have at least two sacks or more uh it's gonna be it's gonna be again another stiff test for the for the offensive line now again whether or not jacob blair is starting is remains to be seen but i'm just all i know is when they when they made the just adjustment at the half and putting in length reference length the the line was much improved uh, so the line will again have to bring its it's, it's it's a game and again We could get the running game going with the running backs. Now again if Chandler Garrett starting you know running the running game with Chandler Garrett will definitely be a part of it because that's who Chandler Garrett is and I mean, that's what makes Chandler Garrett different than the other two quarterbacks Is he's more on a running threat and he's so hard to tackle because of his big frame so curious to see if Wasper can can uh, stop the quarterback draws and the quarterback design runs that Missouri Western really could not solve the whole ball game. So this should be a really interesting one in Washington, I've watching it on the MIAA network again, a 1 p.m. kickoff. you're ho- hoping that the skid ends here and that you still can kind of kickstart will hopefully be a season ending four-game winning streak, but that's gonna do it. Um, next time, again, we will recap the Washburn game and we'll get ready for uh, for the first of a two-game homestand and hosting uh, Missouri Southern, who is an improved ball club. I'm glad I can finally discuss how they're an improved ball club. Next week, you have no idea how long I've been waiting to uh, discuss them and the quarterback uh, who, if you are a Big 12 fan or just uh knowledgeable on the football the past couple seasons, you will know his name when I bring it up. You may already know now, I don't know how dedicated of a fan you are to one Missouri Southern, and then um, after that, of course, after the, after the Missouri Southern, we have the President's Cup battle against North Northeastern State senior night. So. Two extremely wonderful games there. So uh, that's what we we'll do next next time. So until then, uh, my name is Jonathan Goodo, A.K.A. JG Smooth. I'll talk to you all later. That's all, folks. Bye. Have a great time. Thank you. Come again. Thank you.